My name's John Redmond from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And I want to begin the program today by asking you a question. What do you think about when you hear the word heaven? I mean, just what is your first response when you hear that word heaven? More than likely, you think about a place, a beautiful place, a perfect place where there's no sin and there's no pain and there's no sickness and there's no sadness or no sorrow. You certainly would think about the fact that heaven is the home of God. Heaven is the place where Jesus lives. More than likely, if you're a Christian, you think about, okay, heaven, that is my ultimate home. That is my final dwelling place. That's the place where I will spend all eternity. And all of those things are true. But did you know when we think about heaven, God doesn't want us just to think about a future blessing or our eternal home, a place that we will one day be. God intends for us to think about heaven in such a way that it helps put our lives on earth in a clearer perspective. In other words, there's something about thinking about heaven that causes us to realize this world is not our home. We will not be here forever. The house you're living in right now, you won't be living in one day. You'll be gone from here. Your time on earth will be over. And if all we do in life is focus on the here and now, what we have, what we want to have, problems we're facing, things we're going through, it's kind of like we're living with tunnel vision. We just think this world is it. But friend, this world is not it. There is much more to life than we will ever experience on this earth, and all of that is found in heaven. And that's why the Bible says that we should set our mind on things above. And so in the sermon that we're going to be listening to today, that's what I tried to convey to our congregation here in Pasadena. I was trying to say to them, listen, sure you have problems. We all have problems. Sure you have trouble. We all face trouble in our life. But remember, the problems that you face are only temporary. The trouble that you have right now will not last forever. If you're saved, that means you are on your way to heaven. And so we're just passing through this earth. And so before we even get into the sermon today, let me encourage you with that thought. Whatever you might be facing, whatever you might be battling today or struggling with, it's only temporary. I'm not saying it's not painful. I'm not saying it's not real because it is real and it is painful. And sometimes life can hurt us deeply. But be encouraged and be reminded today that we are going to a better place. And soon and very soon, in fact, much sooner than most of us realize, we will be in a place called heaven where everything will be perfect. I pray this sermon today will be a real blessing to you. Most of us don't think about heaven when we're going through hard times. We just think about the hard times. But this is why the scripture says, set your mind on things above. Say that with me. Set your mind on things above. Why? Because when we think about heaven, it makes life a lot more enjoyable. So if you'll open your Bibles today to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, 
I want us to look primarily today at just three verses. This is a great chapter in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 16, and let's just think about what the Apostle Paul is saying, because he is saying the same thing that I just said, and that is, you as a child of God are headed to heaven, and before you know it, you're going to be in heaven. And once you get to heaven, you're going to look back on your time on earth and you're going to say, well, that wasn't so bad. Those problems I had, they weren't as terrible as I thought they were when I was going through it. It didn't last as long as I thought it might. But in verse 16, Paul said, therefore, we do not lose heart. In other words, we don't give up. We don't faint. We don't throw in the towel. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so Paul is saying, hey, get your mind off your problem, get your mind off this situation, and get your mind on heaven. And remember, even though the flight may be bumpy, it's going somewhere, and soon you will be in heaven. Now, last Monday, when I was reading those verses, thinking about the sermon for today, it was like some thoughts just began to jump off the page to me, and it was like I thought, God is saying something to, every, to all of his children, to every one of us today from these verses about how thinking about heaven can make life easier sometimes to endure. And so I want to give you three thoughts today, and you might want to jot these down, you might want to just listen and think about what I'm saying today and think about what God's saying today. First of all, I think this is God's first word to us today, and here it is, your troubles are temporary. Your troubles are temporary. So many times in life we get to having a problem or we have some troubles and we think, man, it's going to be like this forever and ever, but it's not. Our troubles are temporary. Look again in verse number 17. Paul said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. In other words, the problem, whatever you're having now, a physical problem, a work problem, an emotional problem, a, a, a relationship problem, a financial problem, whatever the problem might be, Paul said that problem in the grand scheme of things is only going to last for a moment. And in the meantime, if you'll look at it from that perspective, you're going to find that is it, it, it is indeed only a light affliction. That word affliction literally means intense pressure. Sometimes in life we have that. We have some intense pressure that comes against us. Paul had that in his life. He had been beaten. He had been stoned. He had been put in jail. I mean, he had lots of problems. But he, he described that affliction as light affliction. That word light literally means weightless. And so it was like Paul was saying, yes, in my circumstances, I have had some afflictions. I've had some pressures. But since I'm looking at my current circumstances from an eternal point of view, 
I'm looking at what I'm going through with heaven in mind. In the midst of this turbulent flight, I've not forgotten that I'm going to heaven. Soon I'll be there with God. And so Paul says these intense pressures that sometimes are closing me in, it's like they're weightless. It's like I don't feel the burden of what I'm going through because God keeps reminding me of where I am going to. And so Paul said it's, it's lightless and it's weightless and it's only going to last for a moment. I can remember my grandfather used to say when he was having trouble in his life or problems, my grandparents owned several dry cleaners throughout the Atlanta, Georgia area. And just like any business owner would, he had stresses and, and, and there were troubles sometime. But he used to say, in a hundred years from now, it won't matter. A hundred years from now. And I grew up hearing him say, in a hundred years from now, it won't matter. In a hundred years from now, it won't matter. And you know, really, if you think about it, he was being very generous when he said, in a hundred years from now, it won't matter. I mean, in a hundred years from now, I'll be 148 years old. I'll either be in heaven or on Good Morning America when I'm 148. The smuckers, the jelly, you know, they'll be honoring me. Which at 148, I wouldn't even know they were honoring me. But the point is, and, and when I get to be 148, I'm going to be in heaven. And so you have to back those numbers down and say, okay, if in 100 years from now it won't matter, well, how about in 50 years from now will it matter? Well, if you're young enough, 50 years from now, you'll probably still be living. But 50 years from now, I'd be 98. I mean, I'd be four years older than MI is right now. I'd be moving on up. See, what I'm saying is when we think about death and eternity and getting to heaven, we think, man, that is a long way out there. That's, that, 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 that's many, many decades away. And it may be. But once we get there, no matter how old, if we live to be 148, after we have spent several trillion years in heaven, we'll look back on our time on earth and say, you know what? I was 148 and that, that was old down there. Everybody was congratulating me. But compared to all these trillions of years that I've now been in heaven, what Paul said was right. What the Bible said is true. Those problems were temporary. They were momentary. This past uh, month in July, my mother had her 79th birthday. It was on a Thursday, and so we had a big meal planned for her, and then we're going to come to my house for some dessert. But earlier on the Sunday before that Thursday, I was in my office that Sunday evening getting ready for the evening service, and my little niece and nephew came in my office and, and uh, started you know, throwing the ball around. We were just kind of playing around in there. Well, I had on my desk two birthday candles that were going to go on top of my mom's cake, a seven and a nine. She was 79. And so my little niece, Charlie Joe, came over there and she looked at the, those two candles and she said, UJ, what are these two numbers, these seven? And, now, why do you have a seven and a nine on your desk? I said, well, Charlie Joe, I said, that's for Graham's birthday cake. She's turning 79 and we're going to put those candles on the top of her cake. And she looked at those two numbers and she said, UJ, those are some big numbers right there that Graham has. I said, well, she's eight, so 79 is a pretty big number. I said, that is pretty. And then she said, UJ, how long do you think Graham's going to live? And I said, well, I don't know. I hope she lives a long time. I said, how long do you think she's going to live? She said, well, she's already lived a long time. She's 79. I said, well, how old do you think Graham's going to be, Charlie? And she came over and looked at those numbers, and she flipped them around. She said, I think she's going to live to be 97 years old. And I thought, well, I hope she does. Maybe she can make it to 97. I said, that'd be a great thing. What I'm saying is whether we make it to 97 
117 or 148. Once we get millions of years into heaven, we're going to look back on these experiences that we've been through in life, and we're going to think, you know, I thought that was going to last forever. I thought that problem never would end, but from heaven's perspective, that didn't last as long as I thought it would. I was trying to think last week of the worst 24-hour period of my whole life. Why don't you do that right now? That's a cheery thought right now. Try to think the worst 24 hours you ever had. I was thinking last Monday, I thought, now what what is the worst 24-hour period I ever had in my life? And it came to me. I was a freshman at Baylor University. It was the spring semester of my freshman year. And I had gone one night to the cafeteria, Penland Hall, and I had my dinner, which where I normally ate. And on this particular night, I think I got a bad batch of pickles in me at the salad bar. I went late to eat. Pickles had probably been out since about 11 o'clock that morning. I know, it was bad. And so I got in some bad pickles. And I went back to my room later that night. And I got as sick as I have ever been in my life. And I said to my roommate, I said, hey, man, I messed up. I said, is there any way you could drive me to the clinic? And he drove me to the clinic. And they checked me in and gave me a bed and started trying to give me medications. And after about two or three hours there, I honestly thought, I thought, I'm afraid I'm going to die. And then about two or three hours later, I thought, I'm afraid I'm not going to die. And I'm going to have to live like this for the rest of my life. This is horrible. And it took about 24 hours. And then the, f- the food poison was gone. And I started getting my strength back. And I was even able to go to some church up near Fort Worth. I drove and preached that weekend. But I'm telling you, that 24-hour period, if you would have asked me, During that 24-hour period, John, how are you doing? I'm telling you, it was horrible. What I'm saying now, almost 30 years, that's in my rearview mirror. I look back on that, and I think, you know what? That really wasn't that bad. I mean, it was bad while it lasted, but it didn't last long. What I'm saying is when we get to heaven, we're going to look back on some seasons of our lives, and we're going to say, you know what? I believe in that season, I got a hold of some bad pickles, and and that really messed me up. And maybe it was more than 24 hours, maybe it was 24 days or 24 months, or maybe it was 24 years, but when we get to heaven and have been there for a few million years, we're going to say, you know what, in the grand scheme of things, that problem, those bad pickles only affected me negatively for a moment in time, and so my troubles are temporary. That's the first thing God is saying. Let that encourage you today. Your troubles are temporary. Number two thing that should encourage you today, your pain one day will pay off. Sometimes when we go through these challenges in life, we think, okay, I know it's temporary. One day I'll be in heaven. It'll be over with. But this just seems so pointless. This just seems so ridiculous that I would be going through something like this. You need to remember any pain, whether it's physical pain, emotional pain, relationship pain, Whatever the pain you might be going through today, it is for a purpose. God has allowed that into your life for a purpose. The main purpose is to grow us and to make us more like Jesus. But one day, that pain will pay off. Now look back in verse number 17. Look what Paul said. For our light affliction. Everybody say, light affliction. Say it again. Our light affliction, which is but for a, how long? For a moment. Now watch this is working for us, or it's producing for us. It is at work doing something for us. And what is it working for? A far more exceeding and eternal weight 
of glory. That word weight literally means something heavy. So what is Paul saying? He's saying from heaven's perspective, the trouble you have, the pain you're experiencing, it is momentary and it is light. But that trouble, that pain is going to pay off one day and one day you're going to receive something heavy. You're going to receive something good. You're going to receive something big from God. He said, It is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight or eternal something heavy of glory. Always remember this. The greater the suffering, the greater the glory. Say that with me. The greater the suffering, the greater the glory. Say it by yourselves. That's right. The the more suffering that we have on earth, The greater the glory, the greater the reward, the greater the blessing, the greater the payoff will be when we get to heaven. I think of people who in this life have what I would call almost unthinkable pain and unthinkable suffering. And yet when they get to heaven one day, they're going to have greater joy in heaven because of their suffering than they would had they never had the suffering. I think of somebody, for example, like Johnny Erickson Tata. Johnny Erickson Tata, when she was a teenager, was going swimming one day, and she got to this lake where she was to swim, and she dove headfirst into the water, and the water was not as deep as she thought it would be. She broke her neck. She became a quadriplegic. She was hospitalized, and she's been in a wheelchair for 50 or maybe close to 60 years since that happened. Now, after that accident, she ended up getting saved, and after she got saved, She ended up surrendering her life to the ministry to serve the Lord. You say, well, what could she do, a quadriplegic? She can't walk. She can't use her hands. How could she serve God or anybody else? Did you know through her, one thing she does, she is a tremendous artist. Say, how does she paint without using her hands? She learned to paint by putting a paintbrush in her mouth. And some of the most beautiful Christmas cards I've ever seen have been painted from the mouth of Johnny Erickson Tata. One day I heard her being interviewed by somebody and they said, Johnny, when you get to heaven, aren't you going to ask God, God, why would you have allowed me as a teenager to break my neck, end up in a wheelchair for all these years? I mean, I'm glad to be in heaven now, but why would you have allowed that to mess my life up like it did? She said, no, I'm not going to ask that question to God at all. She said, you have to understand, had it not been for that accident, had it not been for this wheelchair, I may never have come to know Jesus. She said, I got saved after that experience. And she said, I certainly don't think I would have served the Lord in the ways that I've been able to serve the Lord because of the things that I've been through in life. Now, let me ask you this question. When we all get to heaven, who is going to have a greater appreciation for the gift of walking? Those of us who walk every day and never think anything about it? Or somebody like Johnny Erickson Tata, who's not been able to walk in over 50 years. You see, we're all going to be in the same heaven. Those of us who are saved, we're going to walk those same streets of gold. But Johnny is going to have an appreciation for the ability to walk more than those who have always walked. And that's part of what I'm saying. The greater the suffering, the greater the glory. The harder it is on life, the more wonderful it's going to be in heaven. I think of a hymn writer like Fanny Crosby. We sang part of blessed assurance Jesus is mine this morning Fanny Crosby lived a long time ago she wrote some of the greatest hymns of the church when she was a baby she developed a very strange disease and it caused her to be blind all of her life she was never able to see 
She served God faithfully and well all those years, and somebody said to her one time, they said, Fanny, we just think the fact that you can't see is the saddest, most horrible thing to be blind. We can't imagine anything worse than being blind to incapacitate you like that. You've never been able to see trees and the sun or the moon or the sky. You've never been able to see anything. They said, we just feel so sorry for you. She said, don't feel sorry for me. She said, these eyes have never seen sin. And she said, the first thing that these eyes will see will be the face of Jesus when I get to heaven. Let me ask you a question. When we all get to heaven and we're walking down those streets of gold and there's the crystal sea and there's the walls of jasper and there's the gates of pearl and there's the throne of God and there are the trees bearing fresh fruit every 12 months and there's all the colors of heaven, who is going to have a greater appreciation for all those things that the eye can see? Will it be those of us who have always been able to see or will it be somebody like Fanny Crosby who was never able to see while she was on earth and now in heaven she can see. You see, those of us who can walk and those of us who can see, when we get to heaven, we'll be glad that we're in heaven, but we won't be running up and down those streets of gold saying, finally I can see, finally I can walk, finally I can have those experiences that I never had on earth. Why? The greater the suffering, the greater the glory. And there's coming a day for you who are in pain right now, difficulty right now, when that pain will pay off and your enjoyment of heaven will be far greater than it ever would have been had you never had that problem. See, this is what God is saying to us. That's why it says in the Bible, set your mind on things above because when you do, you discover your troubles are temporary. Your pain one day will pay off. And the third thing you discover is that heaven is only a heartbeat away. Again, when we think about heaven, we try to delay that as, as far as we can. Not that we don't want to go, but we just want to live a full life down here first. And we think, you know, heaven, I'll be there. And, you know, you hear people say, I mean, people's, the way we all talk, sometimes somebody be 55 years old, for example. And they'll say, yeah, I'm 55, middle age, middle age at 55. How many 110-year-olds do you know walking around? But there's something about being 55 and saying, I'm in, I'm in midlife. I mean, it just sounds better, right? We want to do everything we can to just push death and eternity and even heaven off as far as, as we can push it. But we don't understand that heaven, I mean, this may be such, a, such an, an, an understatement, that, but I want to say it anyway. And you should amen when, after I make this statement. Heaven is better than earth. It still wasn't a good amen. I mean, I know you know it's true. Let me try that again. Heaven is better than earth. It is. And so really, yeah, it may be 50 years. I may be 98 when I go to heaven. It may be 60 years. I may be 108. You know what? It may be 40 years. It may be 30 years. Heaven is only a heartbeat away. We think of heaven as being decades away. But friend, the reality is heaven is only a heartbeat away. What I want you to do, take your left thumb, put it on your right wrist, and, and, and find your pulse. Can you find it? I can't find mine. Is there a doctor in the house? Come up here and get this thing. Okay, I just located it. There's my pulse. You feel that heartbeat? Do you know the only thing between you and heaven right now is that heartbeat? Now, if you're not saved, if you've never received Christ, now think about what I'm saying. The only thing between you and hell is that heartbeat right there. 
Well, we're going to have to stop right there for today. We have run out of time. But what I was saying at the end of that sermon is so very true. The only thing separating you from eternity is your heartbeat. If your heart stops beating, you're out into eternity. Now, if you're a Christian, that's a good thing because that's going to mean you're immediately in heaven with God. But if you're not a Christian, that's a very frightening thing because that means that you would be separated from God for all eternity. And so today, if you don't have peace in your heart that you're a Christian, if you don't know for sure that Jesus Christ is living in your heart, would you just pray this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, I need to be saved. My life could end at any moment, and I want to be ready for that. Jesus, come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. Welcome to my heart. Thank you that you'll never leave me, Lord. Begin to make me the person that you want me to be. And God, help me to live my life on earth with heaven in mind, to to know and to be reminded and assured that I'm going to a better place. In your name I pray, amen. Friend, as you go through this day and this week, think about heaven. That's where we're headed.